0: Don't stop firing! I think I'm being followed. My dad is turning
1: green. Like, literally green.
0: My last nav check put me on the range point four. This is Control. Be radio. Keep calm and remain on the guard frequency. Greetings, Sits and Sivs, and you're tuned to the Guard Frequency. As all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 34 and was recorded live on August 16th and made available for download August 19th at GuardFrequency.com. I'm Lennon. I'm Tony. And
2: I'm Jeff. What do we have
0: this week, Jeff? In this week's
2: Squawk Box, we let Tony rant, again, about space stuff. In CIG News, we bring you everything that's happening around the UEE, including our weekly crowdfunding update, the latest in Yin universe fiction, 10 for the Chairman, Episode 33, and all the news that is coming out of GamesCon. In this week's Nuggets for Nuggets, we discuss everything there is to know about the Gladiator. And finally, we tune into the feedback loop and let you join in on the conversation. Sits
1: and Sivs, we're always on the lookout for talented individuals to come and join the crew here at Guard Frequency. So if you've got a creative itch that needs scratching, we'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email with your experience and what you'd like to bring to the table to squawk at guardfrequency.com. Please remember that all positions here at Priority One Productions are voluntary. This is a labor of love, but we do look great on a CV or resume.
0: We've added a new feature to our website, guardfrequency.com. 8 donate button. After six months of clog ish releases, trips to Austin and LA, an upcoming trip to Manchester, and of course the occasional detour into complete lunacy, we're finally confident enough to set that hat out on the pavement and let you throw in a few dollars. Of course, we're happy to share our labour of love with you each week free of charge, but it's nice to get the occasional concrete reminder that folks out there in the verse love listening to the show as much as we love making it. We thank the folks that have already chipped in, and we hope you consider making a regular contribution, because the more support we get the better show we can make
2: that takes care of the housekeeping so let's get on to the show and see what's coming through the squawk box Any you boys need a carrier around here uh
1: everything's under control situation normal this is tony saying welcome to the squawk box everyone Hey, guys, you remember the time that SpaceX was spending their own money and making new rockets for cheaper and more reliable space launches? Yeah, yeah. And you you remember, remember they wanted to make all kinds of different rockets for satellites and cargo and people and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you remember the time they sued the U.S. government because they also wanted to launch military payloads too? Yeah, yeah, that, that was awesome. Wait, 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 wait. That's not awesome. We don't want the military space launches to be cheaper. How else are we going to siphon off money for super duper secret squirrel Mach 5 missiles and $400 toilet seats? No, 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 no. This simply won't do. I mean, that wacky judicial branch might just order any old order that comes into their powder wig wearing little brains. I mean, well, I mean, if they wore powdered wigs anymore over here, and I, I you know, that's something that really needs to make a comeback, but I digress. Well, fortunately, a few members of our esteemed legislative branch have stepped up to stop the insanity before any taxpayer dollars were accidentally not wasted. Three members of Congress sent a letter to NASA chief Charles Bolden demanding that he do some splaining about some concerning anomalies in recent SpaceX launches. They say anomalies because minor malfunctions and corrected glitches would hardly be worth the time of our busy Congress critters. Except, you know, that's what they were minor glitches that caused the loss of zero payloads. And the cause of their concern? Well, taxpayer dollars, of course. I mean, who is paying for the research and development of those vehicles? Well, SpaceX. And, and who is contracting for these launches? Well, you know, NASA. Oh, oh, and why is NASA spending our tax dollars in this frivolous and reckless manner with all these anomalies and whatnot? Well, because Congress gutted NASA's R&D budget and told them to outsource this kind of stuff. Okay. All right, all right. All right. You know, Representatives Mo Brooks of Alabama and Representatives Mike Kaufman and Corey Gardner of Colorado should be um, commended. No, uh, complimented. No, no. That's not it either. It, um, committed. Right. Right. Committed to the care of professional therapists for pursuing this line of questioning. I mean, this is all going according to plans laid years ago by previous legislation. I mean, the fact that these are representatives that have. Old line defense contractors based in their districts who would be forced to actually compete with SpaceX for launch business from NASA and the Air Force. I mean, <laughs> probably has nothing to do with this. Have you read, seen, or heard something that you think might be interesting to other citizens or civilians? Send an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com. Now let's check out some CIG news. 3175 Port Bay, hands on approach, checker screen, call the ball. Don't get Our crowdfunding update for August 16, 2014, 50,775,000. Great, Scott, do you know what this means? It means that there may be two letters for the chairman on next week's show if we keep this up, kids. Alien languages are about to be a thing in the verse, and soon we'll be choosing where to focus the behavior team's dev time. There's over 525,000 registered users, and uh, the number keeps going up. I just wonder,
0: when's this going to stop? Well, for those of you who don't know, as we record this episode, Gamescom is currently taking place in Cologne, and CIG are there in force, showing off all their new shiny goodies and taunting the Star Citizen community with brief glimpses of the wonders yet to come. Most of what was revealed is coming out with the 0.9 patch, which is due to land in a couple of weeks, so in no particular order, let's start with the Hangar Upgrades.
1: Yes, hangers are getting upgraded. CIG wants to make the hangers feel more like home, so they're giving
2: them a makeover
1: and adding some functionality.
2: Well, I was kind of interested to see this. I I had some inkling that they were going to do this. Since I have a uh, deluxe hanger, I I was really pleased to see some of the work that was done on that. Yeah, I thought they were
1: all very pretty, and yeah, there was a changes coming with the you know the the modular rooms and the new method of hanger interior generation that they've been working on and showing off a little bit. Yeah, the
0: intention to detail is just absolutely incredible, and I kind of actually want to downgrade. I really, really liked what was the hanger from Selfland, which I believe is the basic hanger. It felt really industrial and all the pipe work with all the cooling vents and it just proves that CIG, the level of detail that they take when they're making their ships, they've also put into the hangars. You know, everything has a function, everything has a purpose and it looks like it could be an actual working environment.
2: Well,
1: if you like that look and feel, you can just get yourself an asteroid hangar. Well, that's, that's true. true. That, I mean, that thing looks amazing. Yeah,
2: and, and that one has a couch. Yeah, that, that was pretty cool. I, I would like to see them add some or let us hire some NPCs, you know, to do the day-to-day stuff. You know, taking, shipping, Dude, receiving. You're all about the minions. I, you know, you have a deluxe hangar, right? Do you not? Yeah, I do. E- yeah. So does it feel like really empty when you get in there, even with all those ships? Yeah.
1: It does.
2: It It does. It just, there's no hum of activity going on in there. It really needs that hum. I don't think you're going to get NPCs for free ever, but
1: I would like them, if you do hire an NPC crew to man your turrets and, and that kind of stuff, I would like them to persist in the universe, you know, in as much as if I don't have them flying a mission somewhere, they are laying on my couch in my asteroid hangar. I would like that level of, you know, quote, realism. These are guys that I'm paying, and I really should have visual reminders that they should be doing something for the in-game salary that I'm paying. Well, oh,
2: sure. Yeah, I, pay I want them, the desk, so. man. I want shipping and receiving manifest, you know, flying across the tables. I want people with old-fashioned telephones that are on uh, uh, strings, you know, <laughs> that, they, that they have to hold up to their ear, like that
1: little salt and pepper <laughs> uh, thing. That's what I want. And I want people to, uh, and ticker tape dispensers.
0: That, yeah, I want that, too. So probably not going to get it. So what you actually want is a stockroom trading floor from the 1920s.
1: Yes, that's so. Really, that's a really. I mean, that's just that just
0: epitomizes busyness, don't you think? It does. Yeah. Well, another new feature that's coming in patch 0.9 is racing. The Murray Cup is the Grand Prix of the verse, with speed demons from all corners participating in a test of skill that's as old as time itself. Who can get across the line in the fastest time possible? From patch 0.9 onwards, we too are going to be able to enter the races and start building up our reputations. And now you know why I bought my 325. Have they actually said whether they're releasing the variants of the ship in time for the racing? Well, the 350 is going
1: to come out in time, and okay. the M50 is already out. I don't know if the 325 will be done. And quite frankly, Jeff, I don't know if the 325 is going to be competitive. might find yourself eating some space dust. I don't know. It's
2: supposed to be one of the fastest ships out there. Yeah, but I think the M50 is going to have you beat part well, of Well, it. it's a different Sorry class, too. You know, they're not the same weight ratio. They're not the same. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: So, like, I'll be in, like, the the F1 sort of class, and you'll be the NASCAR Right, part, right.
2: Class. Is that what you're Yeah. Doing? yeah. Mm. I think if they do that, I, they better they have because it? they're there's going to be a lot of disadvantages going on.
0: I think one thing that was really cool about this reveal, though, is that we actually get to see atmospheric flight. So I'm hoping that the physics that they've modeled are going to play into the atmospheric flight really well, because then, yes, obviously the things like the weight class and the aerodynamics will largely dictate who will be able to go the fastest, you know. If it was all set in space, then... Yeah, it would be. Oh
1: no. I'm just waiting for another forum rage about physics.
0: During the reveal at uh, Gamescom, Chris Roberts actually made a joke about the forum rage of the atmospheric fly model, so did he? Yeah.
1: No, I I wasn't able to watch the entire live stream, so I I must have missed that, but I I'm, I'm sure he I'm glad he and I are thinking on the same on the same wavelength.
0: So, do you think that they'll have the ability to play against other people? lined up for when this module gets launched or do you think that's something that's going to drop down eventually
2: i suspect that it will be a race against other people at launch because they've already got the arena stuff figured out and the code and all that behind it so i don't think it'll be a stretch to put a racing module in
0: kind of like the public matches nothing private yet then right yeah the
2: private queues are coming though i did see a blurb about that that's on its way
1: they're going to have to get that figured out before they get the multi-crew ships because you're going to have to be able to designate who can join you in the, you know, in your instance, quote-unquote, your instance, your ship. That's going to have to
2: happen.
0: Speaking of multi-crew vessels,
2: also coming to us from GamesCon is a sneak peek at the multi-crewed multiplayer. For the first time, we get to see how the manned turrets will work well, so another player is piloting the ship as we see a crewed constellation go up against a pack of three angry hornets. No official news item has been released on the RSI website, but some very helpful members of the community managed to capture the footage from the live Twitch stream. Well, first of all, I noticed that there was no missile early warning system, but as Tony pointed out, they were in a nebula, and maybe they were masked in some way, but uh, I'm kind of skeptical on that. I agree. The drama, I think, was the... yeah
0: yeah. the order of today that they were going for here. Um,
2: However, it was really interesting to see four interacting players On one ship, battling to keep uh, flying through, I was impressed. I was really impressed. They seem to have the whole gravity
1: thing figured out where, you know, you're walking around inside the ship and then some impact happens, physical reaction to explosion, decompression, loss of atmosphere. I I mean, they seem to have a lot of that stuff figured out.
0: Also, I'm kind of curious, though, as to what this means for ships, though, where you are going to have crew members who aren't going to be able to do anything, certainly, you know, in this iteration of the multi-crew multiplayer system. So I'm kind of wondering what they would actually do, you know, eventually they will be manning radar stations or sensor pods or that sort of thing anyway.
1: Well, I think they're a lot closer to that than maybe has been let on. Oh, so yeah. You know, the whole point of the, the capital ship system is those seat actions, you know, the ability to divide up different tasks among different crew members. So I think those seat actions are probably closer than think. I do have a little bit of a gripe about that lower turret, though. Okay. I'm sure that I'm not the first person to point this out. Visibility is
2: terrible. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, there's just, I mean, you got a narrow window right in front of you, and slightly down below you, and that's it. Uh,
2: the visibility on that lower turret is
0: terrible. Yeah, it, it does seem like they could have made the, the glass curved, which would give it support rather than going to a point and then having a frame.
2: I'm sad for a game company once known as Perpetual and what could have been.
0: Uh I knew I knew this was going to go yeah. What they've been able to show with the multi-crew multiplayer demo, this is why I want to play space games. This is everything that I wish Star Trek Online could have been. You know, there's hundreds of games out there that have tried to implement something similar. I don't think even Elite Dangerous has got anywhere near this level of multi-crew multiplayer. This is why I want to play space games. This is why I want this game to be realised. This is the exact thing when people say, "Why do you back Star Citizen?" this is what I'm going to be showing them from now on, because there is just nothing that is remotely similar to this uh, that is Mm -hmm. doing it at this level of detail, this level of quality, and this level of realism.
1: No, I agree. Your friends are working on the same ship, on the same crew, dividing up the tasks of uh, saving your butts amongst each other, and you really are in it together. Yeah, you can fly somebody's wing, and you can be their wingman, but, you know... You can accidentally not make it there in time and save your butt and your buddy gets toasted. In this situation, you really are counting on each other not to screw up. Yeah. Um, and you really do have to work as a team to get it done. So I, I, I agree. I, this is what we wish Star Trek Online had been. This is what you know, Artemis – Artemis is cool, but it doesn't put you in it. Quite as well as this was, and, and and Artemis really wasn't built to be played online among people in different uh, physical locations. Yeah, but this one is. So I, I'm really, uh, I'm really looking forward to this multi crew, multiplayer stuff.
0: Yeah, I am quite curious though as to how it's going to impact server performance because when we get to the persistent universe, they were saying that there's probably going to be a limit of about fifty to seventy ships in one instance. Fifty you know, not to certain. seventy players. Well, this this is exactly what I was going to bring up. Is that is that players ah. or is it ships? Because, that's got to be
1: players. What
0: does it, though? Because if you're in your Hornet and you see a constellation, you as a player don't need to know where all the players inside that constellation are unless you happen to board it or something like that. Obviously, the game's got to keep track of where everybody is, but that doesn't need to be relayed down to the person flying the Hornet. So, you know, that's just less communication involved there.
1: I have a feeling that it's going to be... The concept is that NPCs and PCs are interchangeable. So I have a feeling that NPCs are going to count against the the player in the instance limit. If the NPCs are supposed to be doing those seat actions, you know, like if I hire an NPC to man turrets and stuff like that, I have a feeling they're going to count because you know they're supposed to be pulling triggers, you know, being mass in the game, so that it changes my flight characteristics. You know, a hundred kilos of dude sitting in a turret might change the turning characteristics of my ship compared to him sitting in the, in the cockpit or whatever. He's going to fly my P-52, he might detach from my ship and become another ship that has to fly around in the game.
0: I think they're going to count. I guess then that brings up an interesting point where if you have something like a, an Idris or one of the even larger capital ships like a Bengal fly in, does that then mean that, you know, there's only that ship plus two others visible in the whole system well, I think the difference
1: is that there's NPC people that take care of seat actions, and then there's just, like, crew guys, red shirts. They're just people there that, you know, you just have to have a certain number of crew on board to lift things and carry stuff. But I think it's the seat action, people that right. are in charge of running systems. So like Gunra pilot, a radar or a captain, for example. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. I think those are the ones that are going to count against the limit, and I think that's how they're going to have to run it. And, of course, as they scale it up, you know, to, like, to the Bengal-sized, They may have to Mm. make special instances to just handle that.
0: But I think it's going to be the NPCs that count against those limits. Well, next up is the FPS teaser trailer. This is something that won't be coming in patch 0.9, but the have been hard at work on the FPS module and couldn't help but dangle the shinies in front of our faces. So, guys, what do you think we can learn from this teaser trailer? I mean, it was only, what was it, about 30 seconds? During which time you just heard a lot of heavy breathing and then a guy emerges from around the corner, firing. It all gets a bit slow-mo. End of teaser trailer. What are your hopes for the FPS module, and what do you think we can learn from this?
1: Well, it's funny you mentioned the breathing, because remember in our interview with Chris Roberts back at uh, Next Great Starship, we anticipate a breathing manager. We're supposed to give you an audio clue when your maneuvering is sort of starting to take a physical toll on your pilot to get you closer to blackout or out. So it's interesting to me that the heavy breathing is also coming in on the first-person shooter side, maybe telling you when you're winded or when you've exerted yourself too much physically or when you need to take a rest or something. So... I found that to be interesting right off the bat, and the secondly is I hate first-person shooters. I've never been good at them. I've never enjoyed them. I've, they've always seemed too frenetic for me. I just can't get my head around the actions I need to do with my little thumbs and stuff. So I'm not really looking forward to the first-person shooter stuff very much. But it looked really cool, and since Crisis is built from the bottom up to be a first-person shooter game, I imagine this part's gonna—it's not going to be hard for <coughs> the right active team to uh, shine here. It should be a pretty low bar to jump over, I hope.
2: Okay, well, I like first-person shooters, and I'm really looking forward to this because it's going to add an element, as long as it's not arena combat. The last thing I want to do is get forced into a situation where I have to PvP somebody else. What I'm hoping for from the first-person shooter perspective is that I go land on a planet, I meet some aliens, and... I do the business end of my communication with a gun. (laughs) It's an added element that's not in other space sims. We've tried this, but the only thing they could do is give you a first-person shooter on a PS3.
0: Yeah, I am really looking forward to the FPS module, though I do quite like PlanetSide is my current game of choice at the moment. But yeah, I mean, that game, on a very limited scale, does the multiplayers in vehicles. You know, you can man turrets, and then you can get out, and it's FPS style. So if it's anything you've remotely collected, to side 2, I will be so happy.
1: Alright, but of course, the talk of the town is the Constellation commercial. Well, they call it a commercial, but it's more like a mini little epic. If you haven't seen it, click on the links in our show notes and go watch it now. We'll wait. And if that's not the best three minutes, 38 seconds of your life, then quite frankly, you should just stop listening to the show. And uh, you're also wrong. So there's, there's two things for you. So, gentlemen, shall we just take it point by point? Because the whole thing was really, really pretty good. Starting, of course, with the whole... Ode to
0: 2001.
1: <laughs> uh, that, that was awesome. Thus spoke Zarathustra. I, I can't know. I never know if I pronounce that correctly. Uh, just, you know, all the way to beating the little crab to death and his primitive yell of victory. I mean, just
2: wow. And, and the obelisk, of course. You know, I, I expected to see something you, flash up on the screen. All these worlds are yours. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except Europa. Except Europa. <laughs>
1: And I told yeah the, the the obelisk turning sideways into the it's RSI. The I mean it's yeah. like yeah I, I was like oh oh Yo.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Well done, well played, well played, gentlemen, well played.
0: Uh, yeah, and then when the ship then exited out of the jump point and you kind of saw a little bit of the visual effects there. I really hope that's how it's going to look in game because even though that was just the exit, the transition out of the jump point, I still thought it just looked really cool.
1: We caught a piece of that at the free, uh, during the Freelancer commercial too, so I think they've got that pretty much settled. It looks well, good. Well, I, yeah, I-,
2: I hope that my interactions with the or with my NPCs on my Connie go just as well. I'm going to name somebody Doc. Well, yeah, they're,
1: they're kind of getting close to the Uncanny Valley too on some of their... Yeah. Uh, character animations, those are starting to really look good. I mean, they're not in the Uncanny Valley yet, but they're getting close.
0: When I was watching that commercial, all that I was thinking all the way through was like, if this was a TV series, I would probably watch it. Because the characters are good, the acting is good. You know, it's it's obviously just a little bit cheesy. It's a commercial. It's supposed to show, like, you know, the Doctor. First planet, nothing. Second planet, (gasps) there's a atmosphere and scanning the planet. The animations that they showed when, I I believe it was the sensor pods that they were unleashing. Mm -hmm. Those little round things, how the covers just slid off and there they were. All the moving parts on it were just incredible as well. And again, it's the level of detail and the attention to detail. Everything that's on this ship has a point and a purpose. There's nothing there just because.
2: Oh, and coming in for a landing on the surface, you know, where how the atmospheric thrusters' wings opened up. and Yeah. I want to play this game now. (laughs) I want to suck the rest of my non-working life into this game. Come on. (laughs) Visually, absolutely stunning, obviously. Hmm. So the, yeah,
1: the, the enter, entering the atmosphere, the heat trails coming off of all the little thrusters, all very, very cool, all very cool. And then, of course, the boots. <laughs> the boot Yeah, that was good. The I was like, oh, I mean, that, that's the point. Again, that cheesiness of, yeah. okay, now now you know it's a commercial, right? You know? yeah. It's trading the line between, A, showing off the work that the team at CIG have done, B, putting it into the world of the United Empire of Earth in the, in the, in the 29th century, and C, trying to sell you something. <laughs>
0: mm. So,
1: I mean, it's, you know, mission accomplished on all three, quite frankly, on all, on all of those. And then, of course, we already talked about the, the obelisk turning into the RSI thing. But the thing that was the best part that you had to actually <laughs> stop was the disclaimer at the end that just sealed it for me did you guys stop and read the disclaimer i
0: didn't i i sort of saw something come up
1: no ecospheres were harmed in the filming of this commercial no alien life have been contacted (laughs) contacting contact with alien life outside of the approval of the united empire of earth contravenes (laughs) the fair chance act of 29 whatever i'm like oh oh
2: (laughs) Oh. so
1: nicely done nicely done made me proud to
2: have a golden ticket I gotta tell
1: you. And again, I, I admit to thinking at the beginning of this thing where they're landing with all those, you know, the the primitive lizard people. I'm like, wait a minute, they're they're breaking the law there. What what are they doing there? And then they had the disclaimer at the end. It just just like today on those on car commercials yeah. where they're taking the the curves too fast and it's all wet and blowing past crosswalks and stuff. And like professional driver, closed course, do not attempt. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I thought it was good. That was very good. And uh, Jeff wanted to know about the buggy. Mm. Sorry, Jeff. You only get the buggy if you upgrade. So you have to get the Aquila or the Phoenix to get buggies.
0: I think the biggest testament, though, to the quality of these commercials that RSI are putting out is that, I don't know about you guys, but whenever I'm watching TV, commercials are the things I hate. I skip them with a passion. In fact, I rarely watch TV, and I prefer to watch everything on Netflix. And the fact that I want to watch a commercial... It's just like you know. <laughs> yeah. That just proves how good these things are.
2: Oh my god! <gasps> I just saw the price for the Phoenix. Oh
1: man! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people doing that. I did that myself. Oh, that Sorry, was just, uh,
2: is. Is I, that
0: the sound of you crying or your credit card?
2: Yeah, my credit book. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh man.
0: <laughs> Your wife doesn't listen to
2: this show, does she? No. Great. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, okay. Problem solved. Yeah, no, no, uh, that's crazy. That's, you, well, I that's, that's
1: crazy. Yeah, it is a little crazy. It is a little nuts to charge 125 bucks from somebody that's already paid in excess of $200 for a ship in the game. Do you want one that has prettier paint and Jeep? Yeah, here you go. Four kind uh, of... No. I a little too much. And it's a limited amount thing. I don't know if it's a limited time, too, but they've capped the number of Phoenixes that will be sold at, I think it was, I can't remember what the total number was, but at the time that we recorded this, there's about 4,200 of them left. So, you know, they're not selling like hotcakes, but they are going to limit the number of Phoenix variants that are out there.
0: 5,000 total, but the counter isn't recognizing upgrades, standalones, and packages altogether for the Phoenix. And Monday is the end of the Phoenix. So by the time you listen to this show, it's too late.
2: I mean, I don't even have time to save up. I, this is kind of like a shock. It's not like I have that kind of cash hanging around. Well, it's the impulse buy crowd, man. Mm-hmm. That's, it'll be back.
0: and oh, it'll be numbers. back. And lastly in our news roundup is 10 for the Chairman, episode 33, in which Chris takes 10 questions from subscribers and gives us all the answers we're longing to hear. As always, we're just going to talk about the points that we found most interesting, but we do encourage you to check out the full version of 10 for the Chairman over on the RSI website. So, this week we learned that when the Persistent Universe is launched, it will be possible for players to enter the game without ships in play, instead of CIG releasing a demo or a trial account type system. And, if the players want their own ships, they will need to buy a package, which in-universe the characters will pay for a ship license fee. So, what do you guys think of the way that these demos are being handled? I personally thought this was a really cool way of doing it.
1: I agree. And I'm going to take this a step further. I think that this system solves the whole gold farmers versus 80 different currencies thing. I think it solves it. Okay. Would you like to know more? Would you like to know more? (laughs) Here it is. Here it is. Anything that you got to do with ships, you pay for in cash. If you want to buy an Aurora, if you want to buy a Constellation, if you want to buy a ship frame, a space frame, that you have to do in cash. You have to buy ships with cash. When you want to implement our manufacturing process for capital ships, like I keep telling them to... If you want to buy components for your ship, you got to pay for them in cash. That's how they get into the universe, by money coming into the game. Once they're in the universe, they can be sold for UEC energy credits. But if you want to get those components into the game, you have to pay in cash. Mm -hmm. And then people have to do jobs in the game for UEC. We break the link between cash and UEC and let people buy ship components and then sell them on the market to get that quick UEC boost. If they don't want to spend the time to earn credits in the game, they can buy ship components or ships and put them on the exchange.
2: And I think that'll take care of your gold farmer thing right there. I'm not sure I totally agree with that because if I spend hours and hours and hours of this game, what's my ultimate goal? Is it an address or is it something else? I mean, there's got to be something like any game. There's got to be some type of incentive to work so hard at it, to spend those hours at it. And I think that uh, you're going to cut a lot of people off if your next great ship that you want to purchase comes from your rent money. No, 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 no. I mean, that's the middle
1: part, though. There will be people who want to spend money but not time in the game. There will be a significant number. That's who this game is aimed at. I'm telling you that's who this game is aimed at. People who would rather blow their money and get the ship that they want right away. There will be people that want to get the ship that they want, and then they want to outfit it. But they're going to have to outfit it with UEC. So they're going to have to buy two ships, one that they can fly around in, and one to sell so that they can turn it into parts. And the one that they sell on the exchange or the auction house or whatever it is winds up being the ship that the person who has tons of time and has earned a bunch of UEC, they take their UEC to the auction house, and then they get the ship that they want that the other guy
0: bought. Yeah, I'm I'm not convinced on that. I mean, I, I fully see what you're saying about how it will cut out the gold sellers. I just don't think that that would be a sensible direction for CIG to go in. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about this hundreds of times more before the Economy Manager is actually released. But now it's time for News Weekend News! News. Orbital Supermax Episode 7
2: one good Tavarin deserves another, and it feels good to be a lieutenant again. Round the verse, episode
0: 9.5, The Bloopers, proving that the guys at CIG are nearly as professional as we are. Four ball sits and sieves are highlighted in this week's fan spotlight of the streamers in number two.
2: And this day in history, the beginning of the end, tells of the downfall of one imperator and the rise of the last.
1: And, of course, we can't forget this week's community question. What are you most looking forward to from everything that's been announced at Gamescom? Is there anything that you were really looking forward to seeing that just wasn't there? Let us know by commenting on this week's show post over at CardFrequency.com or on our show's weekly thread
0: at Robertspaceindustries.com. With the latest news updates from CIG done, let's go and find out everything that there is to know about the Gladiator in Nuggets for Nuggets. You have all flown before, but you're about to enter a whole new world, so pay get
1: on your feet, Nuggets!
0: Greetings, and civs, and welcome to Nuggets for Nuggets, where we like to delve into the guts of Star Citizen and give you all the illuminated details from the inside out. A fair warning up front, though, this game is still in active development, so anything that we say is subject to change. And this week, we're going to discuss The Gladiator from Anvil Aerospace. The T-8A Gladiator is the UEE Navy's premier carrier-based torpedo plane and space-to-ground dive bomber. Rugged to a fault, the Gladiator is the most capable and extremely modular bomber chassis ever designed, and can be outfitted with a variety of bomb loads or as a support craft, for example a trainer, titan ship, and so forth. Usually found operating with Hornet escort fighters, gladiators have seen service with great success in battles across every system we've discovered so far. Gladiator squadrons are typically divided by speciality. A carrier might actually have both gladiator torpedo squadrons and a gladiator dive bomber squadron.
2: Anvil Aerospace took the decision to allow the design to be civilianized, with a private model being advertised for frontier-dwelling outdoorsmen and the increasing number of private organizations in need of a mid-range bomber spacecraft. She can be manned by a crew of two, a pilot facing forward and a radar officer covering his
0: back. Although a heavy-hitting bomber, the Gladiator has proven easy to modify, and thus has become commonplace in the civilian market. The Bombay can be easily converted for light transport, and many pilots choose to replace the rear turret's laser cannon with a tractor beam, making it an ideal craft for light salvage missions.
1: So, let's get down to specs. 14 meters tip-to-tail, 11,000 kilograms in weight, and no room for cargo as standard. You'll have to do a little bit of work to convert her to salvage missions, if that's your intention. As standard, she comes with a uh, 2 times TR-4 primary engine and 8 times TR-2 maneuvering thrusters, making her perfect
2: for atmospheric flight as well as deep space. Also, the Gladiator has a max shield rating of 4, comparable to a Hornet. According to the ship's specs page, she also comes equipped with one Class 1, one Class 3, one Class 4 weapons, also known as one fixed gun, one missile rack, and one unmanned turret. But we're pretty sure those numbers are in flux.
1: Some early specs omitted the unmanned turret. Some specs even had a Class 5 manned turret in its place. Earlier versions also doubled up on the Class 1 and Class 4 weapons and called for six missile racks carrying proton torpedoes. As we all know, you need those when the two-meter wide thermal exhaust port is ray-shielded. I imagine we'll know more soon as the mil-spec version of the Gladiator will surely feature
0: prominently in Squadron 42. This is the Retaliator's Uh, Sort of Poor cousin? Smaller, nimbler cousin. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wouldn't Mm -hmm. say poor. I was going to say poor, but then I thought, no, actually, I think it's got its place. And where the Retaliator, yeah, is a pure missile boat. This one, it is a missile boat, but at least it has a a purpose of um, you can go in atmosphere as well as out of atmosphere and can be outfitted to do salvaging. So I'm fairly certain I might end up picking up one of these, even if it just ends up going in the cargo bay with my Freelancer.
2: I I don't see us as a rescue and and... You know other kind of organization or whatever organization we're gonna be seeing the need for one Well, you don't need all these ships you just want them. Oh yeah 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 sorry there was no need for this <laughs> I just I just look it. I'm trying to scratch so together 125 one. bucks to upgrade my constellation so <laughs> you know buying <laughs> buy one of these is just not in my in my scope right now.
1: This this is this has been bugging me, and it's uh, it's bugging me a little bit because we don't know for sure what's going to happen with the weapon stations on on the Gladiator mm. here. But missiles are starting to bug me more. And we did a nuggets for nuggets a few weeks ago on just the guns, and we said we'll, we'll cover the missiles later when we know more. But it's. Now that we're in Arena Commander and uh, now that we're, we're, we're moving farther along and starting to see some more bits of gameplay with multiplayer and seeing the Constellations missile outfit and how huge that is, I'm really starting to scratch my head at how you're going to make them, how you're going to buy them, how you're going to store them. How, and the missiles are starting to be a problem for me now that we've covered the Gladiator here. And, and again, these are old specs that we're drawing from to get kind of the ratios. but. If mm-hmm. there are six missile pods on the Gladiator or six missile stations on the Gladiator, that's its bread and butter. And just like the Retaliator, the missiles are going to be its bread and butter. And the Constellation now, geez, I mean, that's, that's a huge missile complement on the Constellation. So I'm really scratching my head on missiles now and how that, that whole system
2: is going to work. So more questions than answers now with the Gladiator for me. Are you new to the verse? I need a bit of advice. Is there a tidbit of lore some Sith or taught you that we all should know? Let us know by dropping us an email at squawk at guardfrequency.com. That's S-Q-U-A-W-K. But for now, let's turn into the feedback loop and let you join in on the conversation.
0: Okay, buddy, what's on your mind? We're all friendlies. So let's just be friendly. From our show post at guardfrequency.com, Sean Newboy says, wonderful show, guys. The new format is fine.
1: Good, because we liked it too and we ain't changed. Yeah.
2: Zerlo writes in and says, Hey, guys, I like the new format. If I want the uncommented com links, I just read them. Your opinions and discussions are the two reasons I listen to Guard Frequency. The change structure also underlies your additional new roles as Galactic Inquiry pundits, which suits you perfectly. The only flaw of the first GI gig was that there was no Jeff. Aww. Aww. Yeah, sorry about that. Well, that's my heart palpitating yeah. <laughs> A round of applause on that <laughs> <Yeah>. one. <laughs> <clears throat> Lennon, I have a question for Manchester. Where the f- is my Gladius? Keep up the great work.
0: Yeah, I will, I will and, be sure to ask. So right. this and, and as far as
1: the Galactic Inquiry thing goes, this needs to be addressed. We haven't been officially named new Galactic Inquiry pundits, but we probably ought to be. I love the show that Zerlo's building for Michael Moreland. That includes us. So you know, this is more free advice that our, our listeners are now getting into the consulting racket as well. Telling Viewmaster what he should do with his show and including us in that. So I think that's a fine idea as well. From Twitter, we hear from G at Garfreak: Sell cheapest Firefall credits, 10k credits only five USD. Ten credits equals 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 five USD. Coupons equal Twitter. <laughs> Great. Okay. I got to read the rest. That's
2: fantastic. You got to read the rest. Redacted, so Jeff won't click on it. <laughs> yeah, fair. with you know, this is
1: what we. This is why Shiv gets bonus points because when he does the, he knows where the pitfalls are. Now he's he's very nimble in, in in his transcription. So he cut out the link so that Jeff wouldn't click it and buy firefall credits. Good job, Shiv.
0: I've got to be honest. I did prefer it when we were getting spammed lesbians.
1: <laughs> well, again, Shiv will probably take that
0: on board, and he'll find you some spam lesbian links. And also from Twitter at p1j says at Guardfreak at robert space industries i'm very very pleased with the multiplayer demo constellation commercial and my new phoenix variant ship Ooh, well la mr fancy pants bought a phoenix already
2: also from twitter at captain mac sto at Guardfreak at robert space end wow
0: what a day can't wait for the fps Yeah, the FPS module does look good. The more I think about it, the more excited I'm getting. And uh, for those of you who haven't seen the video yet, they did say that they are going to be releasing more information on it at PAX Australia, which is coming Mm -hmm. up somewhat soon. So hopefully we'll have a lot more to report on it then. And of course, a quick reminder of our community question. What are you most looking forward to from everything that's been announced at Gamescom so far? Is there anything you were really looking forward to seeing that just wasn't there? Well, let us know by commenting on this week's show post on guardfrequency.com or over on our show's weekly thread at robertspaceindustries.com.
1: So how was the show? Should we all jump in Jeff's multiplayer, Connie, and take our chances? Or would you fly wing with us? Let us know. Either way, here are some ways you can get in touch with us. Check out our forum post at forums.robertspaceindustries.com.
0: You can leave a comment on this episode's show notes at guardfrequency.com. And you can also subscribe to us, feeds.guardfrequency.com, or just find us on iTunes.
2: You can hit us up on Twitter at guardfreak, leave a comment, and like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash guardfreak.
1: And if you're old school like us, shoot us an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com. Your feedback is an important part of what we do, so take a minute, tell us what's on your mind. But before we go, we want to let you know that Guard Frequency is heading deep into the devs' lair once again as Lennon ventures off to Manchester to meet Aaron Roberts and the team over at Foundry 42. We'd love to take your questions with us, and you can if you're quick. So if you get over to our show's thread on forums.robertspaceindustries.com or guardfrequency.com, hit us up with some questions that you are dying to know after the Gamescom reveal. We'll do our best to sort through them and take them with us up there and get them in front of the devs at Manchester.
0: And that brings us to the end of episode 34 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode 35 on August 26th, so be sure to keep an eye out for our show over at guardfrequency.com or on the official Robert Space Industries fansite subforum.
1: Please send us your feedback about the show. Aside from all the ways we just ran down in the feedback loop, you can also use the contact form on our website. All the details for all the ways you can get in touch with us
2: will be found in the show notes. Do you like what we do? Want to come and help us make the best damn space sim podcast ever? If so, just send us a note at squawk at guardfrequency.com. That's S-Q-U-A-W-K. Are you looking for a friendly wingman or two?
1: Check out our organization, Guard Frequency Response, at the official RSI website, robertspaceindustries.com slash orgs slash guardfreak. And if you're not doing anything Saturday nights, you could join us live over at guardfrequency.com slash live. We start recording around 8 p.m. Central. That's Sunday
0: at 2 a.m. GMT. And we'd like to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network. Thanks to our community manager, Justin Chivalry Bean Lowmaster, and our artist, Simon Chawton Edwards. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass, and a special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music during our show. Be sure to visit ronaldjenkies.com for more of his work. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If there's no one listening out there, the Deep Black gets pretty lonely.
1: Reduce thrust. to 330-15. 5 Squat. 7700 0, 0. Stay on the guard
0: But it is nice to get the occasional concrete rump but it is nice to get the occasional concrete reminder that the folks out there in the verse love listening to the show as... Lo- uh,
1: well, as much as Lee loves making... Yeah,
0: it's, it's that Lee again. Lee loves making this show. Lee
1: is a... Lee Love. He's a, he's a fantastic guy.
0: Or over on our show's weekly Thorum Threads... Thorum Threads? Blah, blah, blah. Or over on our show's weekly... Th- or
2: Shakespeare!
0: Or thou canest comment upon this show's thread on the forum. See, why can I do it like that? That's just, that's racist. That's what that is. You can leave a comment on this episode's show notes at guardfrequency.com. And you can also subscribe. What is wrong with my face?
1: Our crowdfunding update for what is today? And I'm going to get on my, my high horse about gravity, artificial gravity. Hang on, hang on. It's serious. All right, there's my high horse.